This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Psalm 139, you may be seated. Psalm 139. The interesting thing about God is that He gets you all the time. He gets you. He knows where you are at. He never leaves you alone. He's always in your heart. You know, last week we talked about something similar to that. At times, when we come to church, we feel like we brought ourselves to church. No, that's not true. He brought us. When you feel like you want to pray, it's not just a feeling because your normal self wouldn't feel like praying. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps nudging you in your heart. Pray. So all the good things that you think you do is a prompting of the Holy Spirit. To be generous to someone, even when you're not a Christian and you feel generous. Generosity is not a human trait. Selfishness is a human trait. I want everything for me, right? But generosity is a God thing. So whether or not you're a Christian, there is that God part of you that starts to spark something in you that wants to do good. But goodness, being good is not enough. Being a child of God is everything. So, but what does that even mean? Making that decision to stay committed to the one who loves you, to the one who cares for you. Although you may not see him yet, but he loves you anyway. Amen. Psalm 139. And, and tonight I'm speaking on the throne of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is part of the Godhead that <laughs> he can be anywhere at any time. And when you talk about the Holy Spirit, that is God's Spirit. God's Spirit. That's God's Spirit. Say it with me. God's Spirit. That's God's Spirit. He does mighty things. He walks with you. The Bible calls him the standby, the comforter. They calls him so many names. And he also calls him another comforter. You know, Jesus was a comforter, great comforter, super comforter. Jesus was a great physician. That anyone who crosses Jesus' path gets healed. Right? You know, at times, they, they, they bring one person, he heals them, and they go, okay, let's, let's just bring a crowd. They bring a crowd to him, and he heals them too. He was a great physician. But then, when Jesus was about to leave, he said, hey, I'm sending you the, the promise of the Father, another comforter. Allos Paracletus, another comforter. Another one of the same kind, same thing. He said he wouldn't do anything of himself. Though what he's had is what he's going to show to you. Right. And he said he shall be in you. And that's an interesting thing because Jesus was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. He walked with us. He walked the same sand that we walked. He walked with us. But the Holy Spirit, you see, there was a need for Jesus to go. He said, if I do not go, the comforter would not come. 
And honestly, how many places could Jesus be at one time? Probably just one, because he's, he, he was physical, human, right? He could only be in one place at one time. But he says, if I do not go away, the, the comforter will not come. The comforter, which is the Holy Spirit that the Father has promised you. And it's the most precious the most precious. That was the promise of the Father. Jesus was not the promise of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that's the promise of the Father. That's quite interesting. Jesus, Jesus was, the, was the way to the Father so that we can inherit the promise. And that was why Jesus called himself and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So God so loved the world that he gave so that we can inherit the promise. And then the Holy Spirit came to us. Not to walk with us, but to walk in us. We, we, we can't see him. But he's the one that says, I will always be with you. I will always be there. I will support you. I will guide you. And then David thought about this. And said in Psalm 139, he said, You searched me, Lord, and you know me. And how does that happen? By his Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Because your heart is the throne of the Holy Spirit. That's where he sits. That's where he dwells. But you see, it's not the throne until you exalt him. Now, when you talk about thrones, thrones can just be in any location as a big chair. the atmosphere, but until you identify and recognize that is a special place and a special spot, you will never, um, you will never apply to it the glory, the honor, the respect that is due, and it will never have any effect on you. For example, the House of Parliament it's just a building in Canberra. How many of us have seen it? How many of us have been there? A few of us. For some of you, it's not a big deal. Why go there? But some people will do anything possible to be there, to walk in even. It's just the house of parliament. As a Christian, you will only care about the throne of God. Because in his throne room, there is mercy and grace to help when you ever need help. And one of the reasons why we care is because of the one who sits on the throne. And the one who sits on the throne, we've come to know that he is the God of all, all the earth. And if he's the God of all the earth, how do we perceive him? Do, have we given him the space to be himself in our life? Have we given him space? And can I say to you, and probably you already know this, that regardless of what you're thinking, regardless of what you think you know, 
He knows it already. And he gets you. But the interesting thing is that he gives us a choice. You have the choice to believe whether he's there or not. But he wants to have the best part in your life. Say to someone, the Holy Spirit wants to have the best spot in your life. If you love someone very, very much, would you rather the person be far away while you're here? No. You want to sit close to them. You know, you want to be very close and sit tight. And you want to always get the person's attention all the time, right? Get the person's attention. Hey, even if you have nothing to say, just to look at their eyes. Just that confidence that when you look at their eyes, they will smile back at you. And if there's anything else that is taking their attention, what would you do? You look for every way to get their attention back. And think about the jealous lover. What do you think will happen? A jealous lover goes through a million emotions when he or she is jealous. What's the first one? Anger. Right? Fear. If I'm not careful, I'm going to lose. And so many other emotions. And at times it can be so heavy that even without any other thing, that person starts to get really upset and start crying. And you're thinking, what is going on? You know, I'm here, I'm still here. You say, yeah, I know you, but you're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. Do you know the Bible calls God a jealous God? Who wants you to always pay attention because of so much that he has planned for you? Not because he's, he's selfishly jealous, but he wants to always get your attention. And that's more of the reason at times you wake up at night and you're feeling like, oh, I should be praying, but I'm too tired. <laughs> Why? Because the Holy Spirit just wants to speak to you at that point or wants to feel you at that point. He, he wants you to understand that he's still here. David said, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. So you've searched me. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. How nice is that? Because the only one who can do that is the one who loves you completely. You know, when I was younger, probably about 11, 12, you know, I started to pray about the kind of wife I'm going to marry. It was pretty early when I started praying. And those days, I would go, you know, get a notebook and write out the features of the person that I want to marry. And I draw little boxes around it so that I can start taking them off. But halfway through, I lost the paper. But because I've looked at the paper for too long, it got burnt into my memory. And one of the things, one of the very big, the, the biggest thing for me is that the person has to be a Christian. Today, someone comes, speaks to me, wherever, church, work, whatever, speaks to me, and then gets the opportunity to speak to my wife, we kind of always have the same idea around it. So whether or not it's this gospel or just 
a normal natural thing, natural conversation, we kind of have similar ideas around it. At times she's talking to me and saying, you know what, I told this person, I said exactly what I told that same person. Why are you copying me? We always say that to each other. Why are you copying? And, and I feel that that's God answering my prayers from when I was 11, 12. All right, so let, let's put that aside. Now, the reason I started telling that story is because God wants to be able to trust you to understand how you will respond in certain situations. Because that's exactly how he wants to respond. Now, this verse says, it says, you've searched me, Lord, and you know me. If you love someone, or when you love someone, that person will be able to speak your heart whether or not they are thinking about it. They speak your heart. You speak their heart. And God is saying, or rather, uh, David is saying, Lord, you searched me. In other words, you took time to get to know me. You took time to really research me. Now you know me. And it says, you know when I sit and when I rise. Well, think about it. Does my wife know when I finish from work? She knows. Even when I get the early mark, she knows already that this guy has gotten an early mark. Can you pick up the babies? I'm thinking, seriously? You go pick them up. All right? So, so we, we get to know. Okay, let's move on. He said, you know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. So in other words, I don't even have to say anything. You already can perceive what I'm about to say. You can perceive it. You can, you can almost feel it. You know, here at church, there are people that I, you know, I call great friends. And also the, the ones that I call... You know, that's my boy, that's my girl. And they preempt me most of the time. They just know what I want. They know. And at times, I'm in the shops and I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking, ah, this person would, would like this, this. And at times, we're shopping, I'm thinking, I'll mention a name, and she's saying, yeah, I'm, I, was, I was actually thinking about that person too. Why? Because we've taken the time to know that person. And that person has taken the time to know us. And what does that mean? Because there is value. And what I'm trying to say to you is that the Holy Spirit has taken time to know you because he places value on you. So regardless of what you think about yourself, you are more valuable to him then perhaps you are valuable to yourself. Say so you discern. In other words, I'm not telling you where I'm going. Say, so no, 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 you discern. You can already tell where I'm going. You discern my going out and my lying down. You already know. When you are feeling a bit down, God knows the right person he plants around you. With the right word. He knows the right music that comes on Spotify. With the right words. He knows the right idea that you see on TV. With the right words. He knows the right commercial that you might see. So at times it's not even a gospel song or a gospel commercial. But you, he, he speaks to you. Why? Because he knows you. He discerns your thoughts from afar. 
He does. He discerns your thoughts from afar. He knows that you're about to start getting worried. I better fix it quickly. Not because he's scared of you, but because he loves you. And he, and he wants you to know that. He said, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar. <laughs> you are familiar with all my ways. You know. You're familiar. You're familiar. This might surprise you, even to the point when you are about to blow it. He knows that you are about to. Right? And then he sends a tick to your heart. Tick, 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 tick. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And then you are stubbornly ignoring him. You keep snoozing the button. Snooze, snooze. Stop talking to me. Holy Spirit, just wait for a moment. Shush. Then you snooze him, and then he leaves you. Five minutes, the buzzer goes off again. You're about to do that thing, you're about to do that thing. And then you do it. He looks at you. Oh, stubborn child, come back here. Do you know why? Because he'll never toss you away. He'll never push you away. That you made a mistake does not mean right now he's angry at you. Right now you are the worst person on earth. Do you know why? Because he calls you his own. At no point will he ever disown you because of your own attitude. He won't. Okay, think about it. Think about it. Look at that. He said, before a word is on my, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in. In, in other words, you, you, you kind of, you box me in. You box me in from behind and before. And then you lay your hand on me. I, I wish from tonight this would be your prayer. Said, and you lay your hand on me. And he said, knowing this, knowing all of these things, he said, such knowledge is just too wonderful for me. It's just too wonderful for me. It's too amazing that you know me this much. And I want you to start perceiving God that way, that he knows you. He knows you're coming in, you're going out. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He boxed you in. He laid his hands on you. And that his hands that he laid on you is to say, hey, my son, my daughter, I'm still here. Don't ever feel alone. Because I already promised you I will always be here. Even when you feel that you are the only one in the world, that's when I'm most close to you. Think about it. So such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too lofty, too high. Too high for me to attain. I can't ever figure it out. Oh, look at verse 7. I love this. It says, so where can I go from your presence? So, so if I want to run away, where can I go from your presence? It's like, oh, what, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. So I can't run from you. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea. He said, even there your hand will why didn't he say, the more I run away? Can, can you look up for a moment? Can you look up for a moment? Let's read from verse 7 again. 
I want you to get this very quickly. Where can I go from your presence? When he says, where can I go from your presence? In other words, I want to run away. Right? Good. So, so where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the dirt, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I sit on the far side of the sea, hear what it says. Even there, your hand will punish me will guide me. Although I'm running away from you, but you are still willing to protect me. Are you still there? So don't ever think that when things are going sour, it's God that caused it to go sour. No, it's not him. He's always there to help you, to guide you, to comfort you, to hold you in. That's what he's doing. Don't forget what he said in verse 6. He said, you boxed me in behind and at the front. And then you placed your hand on me. But what is he trying to do? He's still trying to run away from that comfort. So although you've boxed me in with your love, but I'm still trying to run away from the comfort. He said, but where can I run from your presence? Regardless of where I go, he said, your hand guides me. Your hand guides me. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. He said, your right hand will hold me fast. When, he, when the Bible talks about right hand, what, what does it mean? When it talks about right hand, right hand signifies a place of authority. You know, when it says, so your right hand holds me fast. In other words, your authority is what paves way for me. I mention your name, things clear. You know, at the mention of the name of Jesus. Look at the next one. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light, it said, and the light becomes night around me. If I say, the darkness will hide me, so I go hide in the darkness, and, and thinking, you know what, this doom and gloom, I'm the only one on earth, I'm just the only one, oh God, just kill me now. He says, <laughs> All right. It says, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, it said, even the darkness will not be dark to you. Infrared. He sees through the dark. Night vision goggles. He puts it on. You think you are in the dark. He sees all of you. True, right? True. He sees it. You think, you know, this relationship, I'm dying here, God. He says, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Say, I've been bearing too much. I've been, I've been bearing, God. I've been bearing. Say, I know. I know. I know. I've applied again. They turned it down. I knew they were going to turn it down. But I didn't make them do it but I'm still here. Are you still here? And if you allow him to commune with you, you will never find that you are alone. You'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. Allow him to commune with you. So if I hide in the darkness and ask the darkness to come on, hide me here. He said, even then, the, the darkness, the darkness is, is like light to you. He said, it will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. 
I like the next one. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I may not know that, but you did it. You did it. You did it. You did it, God. Can I ask you tonight? Know him for who he is. Leave your own ideas behind. Get to learn a little bit more of him. Learn more of him. Say, God, I'm here. I'm staying here with you until you come through. Until you come through. Whither shall I hide from your presence? Where will I go? Where will I run? Where will I run? I tell you where to run. Psalm 27 verse 4, and that's my last. Say it with me, one thing. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. That I what? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. You know, the King James Version called that, instead of using the word seek him, he said to inquire. To inquire. To inquire in his temple, to ask all the questions. You see, at times, some of us, I'm, I'm not sure, how many of us here, I know I do, how many of us have some weird questions, right? I do at times. I just have this weird question that I want to ask God, but I, but, but I can't ask it in the public <laughs> because you wonder, ah, so he thinks like this. No, but I have this weird question that I want to ask God. I say, God, but, but, come on, but. But I can only do it in his temple. Right? Inquire in his temple. So, Lord, um, you see that thing that I did yesterday. How come you allowed me to do it? Why didn't you stop me before I did it? Say, no, I didn't have to stop you. You're a child. You're growing. So I'm giving you the opportunity to grow. Say, but it hurts. Say, I know. I know. It's okay. You always remember. But I'm holding you. You won't fall apart. But I'm holding you. I'm molding you together. He said, but it's okay. You thought you made a mistake, but I'm showing you something through that. I'm causing you to learn a new, a new thing through that. Why? Because whenever you fall, you learn a lesson. And it's not always a bad lesson. Of course, you fall, you hurt yourself. You always know when, when, when you fall next time you hurt yourself, right? But there's something positive to learn out of that as well. And at times, it's when you start to seek and inquire in God's temple that he shows you what a beautiful thing that you've learned. I've got you know, personal stories to tell you of what mistakes I've made in my past, but that turned out to be amazing testimonies. And I'm thinking, this was a terrible mistake. God, why did you allow me? And he goes, just be patient. I'm taking you through a road. You chose that path. I didn't choose it for you, but you chose it. It's okay, but I'm going to make it all good. And that's what a loving father says to his children. It's never wrong all the way. It's okay. You blew it. It's all right. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. Amen. But you see, the father that loves you, when you've really blown it, he knows that you know you've blown it. He will not come with a judgmental 
perception and say, you know what, um, Lillian, do you know you blew it? No, he won't do that because he knows you knew. You know. Because he put the Holy Spirit inside of you to keep reminding you. He knows. So he's not going to tell you, ah, come on, you're terrible. You're really serious. You're going to hell. <laughs> no, he won't say that. Why? Because he's a father and he loves you completely. And I want you to take that home tonight so that you can enthrone him in your heart, knowing fully well that he knows everything about you. What do you do to someone who knows everything about you? What do you do? You feel free where they are. Because you know, whatever you're about to do, he already knows. Or she already knows. Then you feel free around them. You don't, hide, you don't have secrets around them. You tell them everything. Even the thing that you call secret, you just go, oh, I'm thinking about it. You say, I already know. So, yeah, so what are you planning? <laughs> are you still going to do it? And, and if he loves you, he says, let's, let's do it together. Or I've already planted people in your life that will, that will get it done. He knows you. If you allow him to have a say in your life, he will make everything work for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can we stand on our feet? Just say for the last time, commune with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know me much more than I know myself, so Lord, commune with me. Commune with me. Don't let me say what you wouldn't like me to say, but when I do say it, help me to run back to you. Not because you were gone, but because I wanted to go. But your hand is always guiding me. So I ask you, God, come here with me. Let me hear your heart beat for me. Let me hear your word speak to my heart. Let me see your face, oh God. Just much more than I've always seen. And when there is trouble, I know you speak peace. When there is fear, I know you speak faith. I know, God, that you speak faith. In spite of what is going on, you still say to us that yes, you can have what you say. So God, tonight, we trust you. Be enthroned in our heart. Because you are God of all the earth. And we love you so much so. That nothing can ever stop this love. We praise you in Jesus' name. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge. And we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com. Or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.